Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where I, your host, Lindsay Miller, Katie's actually out for the day, interview a poly person at each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 16, where we chat with Veronica. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. So, who are you? I am Veronica. I'm 28 years old. I'm bisexual. I am polyamorous. I am a girlfriend, a wife, a friend, sister, and foster mom. Do you have any other identities, like any kind of particular type of polyamory or anything that you attribute to your life? Um, nothing that I can think of. I kind of, as far as I prescribe to, I guess, more of a kitchen table style poly, but I don't think I would normally put a label on it. Sure. Uh, so what drew you to polyamory? Um, just the openness and kind of, I think, authenticity that it allows me. Um, you know, I'm better able to grow and build connections and things like that. And so I think it gives me that freedom. Uh, what does polyamory mean to you, if you had to define it? If I had to define it, I think it would be just the openness to building more than one romantic relationship. And is there anything that you find difficult about polyamory? Definitely things that I find difficult. I think that um, probably two of the biggest ones would be dealing with other people's kind of judgment or misconceptions about it um, and trying to either confront those and help them, you know, see it in a different light and like time management. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when did you know you were Polly? Mm, so when I first put a label on it, would be shortly after I got married, actually. Um, I fell in love with another woman, um, and that was really complicated, obviously, like three months after you get married. <laughs> um, How long have you been married? I've been married for five years, uh, cool. with my husband for eight. And so, yeah, we just um, all kind of agreed we didn't want that to end. Um, but we didn't know exactly how we were going to make it work either. Uh, and through just reading and research, we found polyamory. And so we were kind of doing it before we actually put a label on it. Uh, when did you feel you might be different, if you ever have? I think that I started feeling different probably in middle school. Um, I grew up in a very small rural area like most of Wisconsin is and um, so there was no people of color there was no LGBT people um, at least openly um, and I started to question my sexuality in middle school um, so I think that was the first time I started to recognize like being different um, it's funny because my friend reminded me shortly after I came out to her, um, and we've been friends since like kindergarten, 
Um, remember in middle school when we used to joke that we were going to start a bisexual polygamous community? <laughs> I was like, wow. In middle school? Yeah. Wow. Guess, you know, who knew I would grow up and actually kind of do that? Wow. Um, so... Yeah, it's always been kind of, I think for as long as I've been thinking about romantic relationships, felt a little different. I remember struggling when I started dating more seriously in like high school because I'd often like fall for other people while I was in a relationship. And I can remember specifically one time like talking to my mom about how I was still like very in love with my boyfriend and I didn't want to break up with him um, but there was this other guy too and what was I supposed to do um, because there was no real reason to break up with my other boyfriend like we were happy um, I loved him and she kind of gave the old adage of well if you fall in love with someone else then you must be not that in love with him right of course um, and that happened a lot when I was in high school and hmm. like college early college so yep I've heard that a lot yeah well there you must not actually have a good connection with them if you're falling in love with other people did you deal with that back then by breaking up like serial monogamy yeah was that a common um, thing yeah I would often break up with people um I also though remember um my friends being like you have to stop being so close to your exes Veronica like (laughs) that's gonna you know scare everyone away um, and I started to have conversations with people when I, before I even dated them, but when we like would start, you know, showing interest in each other, being like, well, I want you to know that like, I still am very close to my ex. Like I still love him. We're friends, but like, not like that. Don't worry. Kind <laughs> of thing. Um, and that's a conversation I've had with like every one of my partners until I became Polly because I stay. Oh, wow. Um, very close friends with my exes. Um, so yeah, I would always break up with them and, and kind of the romantic part. Um, but stay very like emotionally close. And so that was always very like, to my friends, that was weird. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Society does not accept (laughs) friends. In fact, I think there was an article recently or somewhat recently that said like people who stay friends with their ex are like more likely to be kind of sociopaths or something like that. And I was like, well, that sounds harsh, yeah, but uh, okay, <laughs> damn. <laughs> or Polly, like, jeez. Right. Um, so where are you in your Polly journey? Uh, so currently, um, like I said earlier, I have a husband um, and I also have a girlfriend who I've been with for six months about now. And I have a few various friends who, um, I, you know, they're somewhere around the romantic spectrum, um, as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so where do you hope to go on your poly journey? Right now I'm really happy with where I am. So, um, I have the two kind of partners that are more, um, I see on a more regular basis. They both also have other partners. So, I have a really big, beautiful polycule, <laughs> and we spend a lot of time just hanging out and being supportive of one another, and I really like that, I think. So if things can just keep going how they're going, <laughs> that's yeah. great. Um, 
yeah, I'm pretty open to just kind of whatever comes my way, though. Uh, why do you think you are Polly? Because um, it's who I am, I guess. Mm. Um, like I said, since as long as I've been romantic, I've kind of talked about this being the ideal for me. And so I think I'm Polly because that's who I am. And why did you agree to be interviewed today? Um, well, I agreed to be interviewed because I think that just visibility is so important. It took me um, until I was already doing poly and feeling very confused and scared um, to even hear about it. So I really want to make sure that it that other people don't have to be in that place where you know they feel very scared or alone um, in the journey. So anything I can do to help that. Very cool. All right, I think because we are at the midway point between the questions and our topic, we're going to take a short break. The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. And now we're back. All right, so the topic that you wanted to get into today, uh, which I find is, is really cool and unique, is being a foster parent while poly. Um, how do you think that that makes the experience of being a foster parent uh, different, being poly? So as a foster parent, you have to agree to have strangers, um, for the most part, very involved in your life. We have 
people come into our home and you know kind of assess if it's safe and you know they're in each of our rooms um, we had very lengthy interviews and background checks done on us and our families um, they're very involved in your life and so trying to balance that um, and kind of society's views on polyamory has been an interesting journey I think um, also bringing children into your home who didn't grow up you know with you mm -hmm. um, may hold different values uh, those kinds of things and trying to incorporate them into your life and stay true and authentic to who you are um, has been interesting so. uh, have you had to be out to the people involved in the foster care so initially we weren't going to be um, I've wanted to foster for as long as I can remember um, and I was really scared that these two things were just not going to gel together. Um, actually, before we started to get licensed, I asked around to in a bunch of different groups that I was in and people that I knew if anyone knew if anyone had openly um, fostered well being poly and I couldn't find anything. I actually had a couple of people specifically say, well, you can't be out. Um, if you're going to foster, you're just not going to be able to be out. Uh, and that was really hard because these were two things that were super important to me and mm -hmm. I didn't know um, what to do, I guess. So we started the process not being out. Um, and we had our first placement. That's um, our first kiddo come and move in with us. And he was a shorter term placement. Um, and we tried being closed, but this child lives in your house. Like, mm -hmm. he's with mm -hmm. you um, all the time. And it was very hard for us to not be out. Um, and so we kind of decided once he moved on to his next step that we couldn't do this if we were going to have to be closeted. So we sent an anonymous email <laughs> to our organization and just said, hey, you know, we're a couple um, and we're looking to get licensed, but we're polyamorous. And, you know, we gave them the textbook definition of it sure. and said, would you license us? Mm -hmm. um, and their response back was, yeah, we would license you. Um, like it doesn't necessarily matter your relationship structure. Um, you just have to be able to pass the background checks and hmm. um, those other parts of it. Which you already had, right? Which, like, yeah, yeah, at that point we already had. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we weren't worried about that. So we um, set up a meeting with our worker and her supervisor actually came along as well, which was terrifying to us at first. We were <laughs> like, why does she need to be there? But sure. she explained that it was just because she had never come across this situation before and she just wanted her supervisor's guidance as well mm -hmm. as we were kind of tackling this together. Um, and we rounded up like all Elizabeth chefs, like <laughs> research and we... On poly families. Yeah, yeah. poly families um, and how it wasn't detrimental to the children and going to like demonize them <laughs> or something. Mm -hmm. Um we uh, did a lot of talking about you know exactly 
how we would introduce new partners, um, you know, how they would be involved, uh, different like levels of affection in front of kids so that we were like really ready for any questions that they had. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just cool. felt like if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Be because, prepared. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it also probably shows them that you're, you're serious about this. It's not like a, you know, we're thinking about going into this and it might maybe it'll affect someone maybe it won't like you're like no we know it may affect somebody we're going to think about this and be thoughtful like i think that shows uh awareness and you know at least like maturity about it like which is kind of probably a good (laughs) indicator that you might be a good parent yeah we we try (laughs) um so the day of the meeting we the four of us sat down um and we were so relieved because they just seemed to get it like i remember Mm. specifically one time um our worker supervisor was like well that's just more love for the Mm -hmm. whoever comes into your home and i was like whoa we're we're gonna be okay yeah that's awesome um so that went really well um we did have some concerns that we wanted to address because we needed to know that because there's also a big like court is so heavily involved and the legal system is very heavily involved um if they were going to back us up in those kind of places because Mm -hmm. we weren't going to bring kids into our home and have them taken away because somebody felt that this was like a non-safe environment for the kids we needed you know they already had so much instability in their lives and we weren't going to just create another unstable situation for Mm -hmm. them Um, So our organization was amazing. Um, They said, absolutely. Like, we see no reason that a child wouldn't be loved and safe um, in your home. So we've got you. Um, And so far, they've been really good about uh, holding to that. So That's great. Mm -hmm. So you are out to your foster kids? Yep. So um, we are. We currently have one placement. And... They are 10, and we're out. It, so this was, not all situations look, obviously look the same, um, but we were kind of lucky in that we had a very slow transition for this child into our home. Um, She was living in a foster family, but they had some family stuff going on, and she had um, to leave due to kind of some of, some things on their end and but they agreed to give us like a month or so to get to know one another um before like jumping in and having her move in um so she came over a couple times and it was just me and my husband and we kind of had a talk with her about you know um not all parents do it this way but me and ben um we both have girlfriends and sometimes they're around and we'd love for you to meet them if you want to and she was she's super like loves attention (laughs) (laughs) um so she was like yeah bring more people (laughs) and like i want to have all the attention Mm -hmm. um so she met both of our partners um and that went really well um and then probably like two weeks or so before a week maybe before she was supposed to move in 
you know, we kind of sat her down and we said, hey, you know, like, we've loved getting to know you. We absolutely want you to be part of our family. Um, and this was along with some other things, but, you know, we know that we're a little bit different than Nora, um, you know, your traditional parents. And we just want to make sure that you're okay with that. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to come and stay here for a long time with us, you have to be comfortable in your home too. Hmm. Um, and she was like, yeah, I, you know, she was <laughs> like, wanted to change the subject and was like, okay, can I go get a snack now? Like, <laughs> right. this is totally not a big deal. Why yeah, I feel like most kids <laughs> do not give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely does not at all. <laughs> Yeah, so that went super smooth. Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, do you think age matters when, like, with this kind of thing? If you had had a, a, a much younger or much older, would it have mattered placement-wise? Um, so she is 10. I think that much younger, it probably, they wouldn't have even known the difference between a romantic relationship and a friend. Right. Um, and so some things might have been easier because mm -hmm. of that, but she's definitely old enough, you know, just kind of on that brisk of being old enough now to understand those things, which means we had to have those more upfront conversations. Sure. Um, I think so. And she also like, obviously didn't grow up in a polyamorous household. <laughs> right. Um, so where she just, you know, would have grown up and seen that as more normal or traditional and kind of understood through mm -hmm. growing up in that, um, we had to kind of help explain it to her sure. a little bit more. Um, also, I think, would uh, permanence matter? Like, if it's someone who uh, you think might be with you for less than a year versus the rest of your life? So in our current situation, I don't think it would necessarily matter because like both of our partners are over a significant amount. Right. Um, and they're so, going to be over, like right. you're going to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're going to meet them. And if they're older, they're going to, you know, like <laughs> see that this is not a friendship. It's right. a romantic relationship. Neither me or my husband are comfortable with lying um to the kids in our home yeah. they have already gone through enough to not trust adults <laughs> right and we're yes. not gonna lie to them so mm -hmm. um, i think we would just kind of always have a more open kind of dialogue about it it's really cool um have you encountered a lot of difficulties or um hardships from being poly when it comes to foster parenting? It sounds like it's been pretty smooth, but. So far it's been pretty smooth. One of the things that we haven't tackled, which we're um, a little nervous about, is that while it is in, so biological parents have access to mm. a degree of your records oh. um, when they, when their kids move into your home. Um, and so it is in there if um, her, bio mom chooses to read all of that we also haven't hidden either of our partners from her but we haven't fully explained the situation either mm -hmm. um and so we worry i guess a little about um the bio parents and each time like a new kiddo or anything moves in kind of have how we have that conversation and how much of our private lives are they privy to yeah. um, and things like that. We have each time really just taken the guidance of 
so, um, so we have our own caseworker and then the child um, has a caseworker as well that has worked with the child and the family. Um, so we've always taken the guidance of the child's caseworker on mm -hmm. how they felt we sh should best approach the parents. Sure. Um, and so far it's been, the information's out there, please don't lie to them. Also, yeah. you're not obligated to have any sort of conversation with them about your mm. romantic relationships with people. Makes sense. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, is it a possibility that a, a biological parent could be like, I'm, I don't feel comfortable with this? Um, and they, they can, really? um, like biological parents can actually have kids move for like differences in religion or yeah. all sorts of things. I actually think I, I have a, a friend who is, who is kind of going through that because they believe their foster child might be trans mm -hmm. and they are supportive of the, um, child expressing whatever gender they want and their bio parent is not, uh, supportive of that. So... Mm -hmm they've been encountering some issues. Luckily, nothing that I think would actually um, uh, take the child away, and I think that they're actually going towards adoption, which is really great, but uh, yeah, I, I've heard some issues clashing because of differences yeah. of opinion. Mm -hmm. And we, um, yeah, we are lucky, like I said, in that the organization has agreed to back us, you know, if they went to court and said, you know, we feel like this is a non-safe, if the bio parents went to court and said this is a non-safe situation for our kids, um, that wouldn't be a viable argument because our organization has said, no, they are safe there. Oh, nice. You can not agree with it. The judge <laughs> right, can right. say, okay, we're going to have them move because the two values are so very different. Mm. Um, but it's not very often that a judge will do that. That's so. good. That's mm -hmm. good. And you don't really feel too worried about it? Um, no, not right now. That's so good. we have a, right now, the one foster kiddo that we have in our home. I think she knows. She doesn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but she seems to know and has kind of picked the parent. up on it. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a really good relationship with her. So. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, do you, have you seen any like, uh, pros or positive experiences because of being a poly foster parent? I mean, there's more parents <laughs> or at least more that adults nice. in the house. So, um, for instance, my girlfriend comes over, um, on Tuesdays, every Tuesday, my husband goes and he, um, has his guys night and, <laughs> um, then she's there to help out, you know, where normally it would just be me at home and I would kind of be like frantically running around trying <laughs> to get everything done. She's like, they're playing Mario Kart together <laughs> while I cook dinner and like, um, mm -hmm. my foster daughter adores her. Like, she's always asking, when's your girlfriend coming over? Because <laughs> it's boring when she's <laughs> like, gee, thanks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering if you have any advice for people who are thinking about being foster parents? Yeah, um, in general or as poly individuals, I guess. I imagine most of our audience is poly individuals, <laughs> so they probably will be coming at it from that uh, perspective. Yeah. But, but also in general, I guess, maybe. Um, I think one of the things, or I guess a couple of the things that we definitely did right um, that I would kind of steer people in that direction is making sure we went with an LGBT um, friendly agency so we knew ahead of time that um, they were already 
totally willing to license homosexual individuals, um, that they worked well with um, other LGBT organizations, were supportive mm -hmm. of the youth, um, that kind of thing. So I think that helped. Yeah. Um, and also, we did get a little scolding, actually, because we weren't um, open from the beginning. Hmm. So one of their things they told us was that they totally got it, why we weren't open from the beginning, um, but that on their part, if we don't bring it up, and then it looks like we're hiding something. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that in court someone else can say you know like well they were hiding it so obviously right. they were ashamed of yeah it. obviously right. something is wrong versus if we had come out um at the very beginning with all of you know the research we came in with and everything else um no one would be able to do that in court right so, right um they really encouraged us you know and they kind of were like you have to be open with us from mm -hmm. now on you know mm -hmm. um please don't try to hide things. We want to work with you. And right. Did they understand that like Polly isn't protected in any way? Yeah, like um, it's a little bit more, <laughs> it's like harder than just being queer, obviously, because that is kind of protected. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> um, were like understanding of why we didn't come out. Um, but we're just kind of like, this is why you should have. Um, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think that, um, also definitely making sure, I think going into fostering, um, these kids already have like a, a lack of stability in their life. Yeah. And so making sure that your agency is going to protect you, that when they place kids in your home, that it's kids that aren't going to have, you know, be removed possibly because of this to as much of an extent as they can. Um, and not introducing people in a very significant way to these children that are going to leave very yeah. quickly because they have had so many adults come in and out of their lives. Yeah. So. Do you think that maybe adding more, like, loving, responsible adults is kind of a good thing? I mean, it's never good if an adult comes into your life and then leaves, especially mm -hmm. if it's kind of abruptly. I know with breakups, sometimes it's like, you don't even get to say goodbye to uh -huh. the kids, you know, but, um, but I think that like, it's kind of positive to have loving adults around, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, like nice I'm, adults around. We've definitely seen it as positive. We haven't, you know, seen any negative side effects from our daughter at all. Um, from being poly and growing up or, you know, being raised right now in a, a poly household, like she loves, like I said, playing Mario Kart with my partner and, like, wants to call my husband's partner all the time and just, like, check in and say, hey, what's up? Um, so she she seems to feel very safe um, with these adults, and that's good. You know, it's creating a new kind of, um, I guess, script for mm -hmm. her for what adults uh, look like. Um, so as loving and responsible and... Which is probably different than what she had or what yeah. she's experienced before, which is, yeah, that's really great. Was well, there anything else you'd like to add uh, about the uh, topic of fostering while being poly? I think we covered yeah, <laughs> what I came here to talk about today. <laughs> awesome. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you for being a guest on our podcast. So that's it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. I have been Lindsay Miller. Uh, Like I said, Katie Williams will be back with us next week. I'd like to thank our husband, our husband. (laughs) I'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through the many sound issues we've experienced and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question. We want to do a listener question episode soon. And if you'd like to support us, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast a better and more efficient podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.